who were here a couple of weeks ago, um, were with me at my first venture of um, preaching without notes. So tonight is my second feature without notes, so we'll have to see how we, how we go. I use them, but we'll just let spirit flow, we hope. And I think today has been a day, I don't know how many of you were here this morning, but this morning's um, ser- sermon, words, all linked in with the same thing that we're doing tonight, which is prayer, which is being close to God, which is being in relation with God. And so tonight we are looking at the last chapter of um, Colossians. And doing Colossians and looking at the four letters that um, Paul wrote has really made me, I don't know, it's really sort of, I look at Paul in a different way now. Because you have the first bits of Paul where you have a really, like a, a man who's giving you the, the orders and the, the um, you have to do this, this and that. And then you get these letters from, from, from Rome where he's writing to Ephesians, he's writing to Colossians, Philippians. And you get this man where love just comes straight through the verses. Love just every verse wants you to understand what the love of Christ is all about, what your relationship with Christ is all about. Every verse that comes through Colossians is telling you that if you only go close to him, if you only draw near to him, if you only spend time with him, the riches that you have from that, from that relationship you have with Christ, are unbelievable. But you don't get them if you don't spend time with him. And so we're just going to quickly have a little overflow, over, overview of Colossians. So it's written, it's a prison um, epistle, written about 60, 62 AD. And it's written in a time when in that whole Asian area there, were, there's lots of heresies. You're looking at pretty much the same as what we have now. All these things coming up that were like filtering in into the faith. Just making you think it was all right, but, you know, just putting you away from what really was Christ's faith. And so he's coming back and he's telling in these letters, the ones that are reading these letters, what they need to look at, what it's all about. So we see false doctrines, we see theologies that are trying um, to corrupt faith. And Paul is saying, without the absolutes, of God's holy word as our foundation, we end up with a worldview that will in some way distort what we feel, what we believe, and undermine our faith. And so we end up with a morally wrong faith. And Paul never visited Colossae, not in the time that he wrote it. He only heard about the church. So the church in Colossae is a product of the ministry that he did in Ephesus. And so this is a little bit like we have now, where we, we have people that have been trained by Paul in Ephesus and then have gone on to Colossae to form a church. And that's what's happened there. And the, So he's now looking at this new church and he's looking at it and there must be such love there, such a such, um, feeling of... Um, what amazing thing God is doing. My word, you know, God's working through me and through me, 
I see my word flowing through. And that's what happens with us. Is that if we let God work in us, and then we have a word for somebody else, that word might have an enormous fruit. And I always have to remember a story we had about um, J. John. You know, we all know now about J. John, who's going to be doing the wonderful evangel- uh, evangelization um, project next year. But there's a, a preacher lady called Christine Kane. Has anybody heard of her? She's an amazing preacher, amazing preacher. But she was um, really rebellious in her youth, really rebellious in her youth. And J. John was in Sydney at one of the Hillsong conferences um, speaking. And he saw this, this moody teenager, absolutely moody, with, with lots of anger in her. And every night of, of the conference that he was there, he would search her out and share donuts with her. He's very keen on donuts, is, is um, Jadon. And he'd just spend time with her, talking about God. And at the end of that um, conference, this rebellious teenager gave her heart to God. And this rebellious teenager now is a woman who... Um, because she had been in abuse, she had been involved with some sort of trafficking, has put up this enormous organization that saves girls from trafficking. And one man, one ministry, one donut, or seven donuts, and you have the effect of what your ministry can be if you let God work through you. And then you just never know where your conversations will lead. And I don't know how I got to this, because it's never in any of my bits here. But never mind. So we're looking at Colossians, and we're looking at, first of all, the last bit of um, Colossians 3, because Martin didn't have time to do that last week, or found it slightly too challenging with um, a party of um, baptisms. And And then we're looking at um, chapter 4. So in chapter 3, we have... Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to win their favor, but with sincerity of the heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Masters, Provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you have known that you also have a master in heaven. Now, I know that there must be a lot of women who have a lot of problems with this whole thing about submission to their husbands. And I have to say, I have none. And the reason for that is because I look at this, and I look at it, And it's a passage of love. It's a passage of love. And it's not about submitting and you do as I tell you. It's about love. 
loving one another. It's about the woman being in a relation with her husband where she knows that he has only the best plan for her. It's the husband who has the love of Christ in his heart for his wife and wants only what is best for her. It is the love of the father towards the children and the children towards the father that in love is all covered by the will to do the right thing. And with the masters and the slaves, it's exactly the same. If we do it in love and our, our, um, our intentions are out of love, then everything flows. And so I would suggest that this is not a passage that is a harsh passage, but that this is a passage that actually says if you love one another, it just flows. And I know that when Steve and I got married, we had a very lovely elder in the church where we were, and he told us that um, marriage is like um, a garden, and you are both plants in a garden, and if you water each other, you grow. And if you don't water each other, you don't grow. And that's the, the, the secret of the, the marriage, was that if you, if you allow each other to grow, if you encourage, you build up, you pray, then you will see your partner flourish. And that goes both ways. And I think that within the church, within our whole fellowship, that whole principle holds place. That if we pray for one another, if we love one another, if we submit to one another, we grow. Because that's how we grow in love and with Christ. So then we come to chapter 4, verses 2 to um, 17. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasons with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tachinus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is also called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him, for he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapochus. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, 
see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So the last bit is like a like an instruction and greetings and all the things that are happening. But the bits, the verses 2 to um, 6, tell us about prayer. And so I just want to go on that. So the first, first two says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Watchful means that the Colossians are to be mentally alert and spiritually sensitive to the needs for which they pray. And in the most general sense, it means to stay awake while praying. But Paul has in mind the broader implication of staying alert for specific needs about which to pray, rather than being vague and focused. And so he's asking us to pray and to be watchful and thankful. And watchful being that it's you know, we sometimes will, will see things, things are happening. And actually what we need to do is pray. Rather than talk about it, think about it, we need to just go to God and say, you know, what's, what's on our heart? Prayer should be the, fir- the first thing that we do. That, that communication between us and God needs to be just there. And we need to be watchful and we need to be thankful we need to thank God. No matter what circumstances we're in, we need to thank him. And remember that Paul wrote this in prison. You know, you can't think of you know, places that could be worse. I mean, we know that his prison situation seems to have been not too bad from the point of view he had people with him. But it's still he's in prison. He can't do what he, he wants to do. He's, he's in chains. And yet he's thankful Thankful that he can, you know, write these letters. Thankful for the relationship he has with Christ. Thankful for the people that were with him. And for us, that's the same. We need to be in our prayers. Be thankful with what we, how we pray. And with thanksgiving, that just needs, there needs to be that gratitude in our prayer for what God does for us. And then he asks us to pray for him. And that's what we've done tonight as well. You know, there's been prayer requests, and we've prayed. And I don't know about you, but if somebody tells me that they're praying for me, it really strengthens my spirit. It really makes me feel strengthened. And I think that's, that's such a, a, a thing to hold on to, that prayer is, is, is a communication to God, but it's also a testimony to one another, that we love one another, and that we love them so much that we actually want to intercede on their behalf for, with God. And so that's you know, something to think about, that when we pray, that, it, it, that there is that communication with God that we, do on, that we do it for somebody else, that there's an opening there, a love for our, our fellow, fellow um, workers in Christ. If Paul needed it, well, you know, he's a man who's, whose ability to see God was amazing, then we should need him even more. So we just need to ask, you know, others to pray for us and not to be ashamed to ask for prayer. 
I think sometimes we, we just go on and on on our own, thinking, oh, no, we, we'll continue. But actually, we need to stand up and say, I need a touch from God. And can you pray for me? Verse 3 says, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in change. Opening doors, that's what we need to pray for as well, that God would open doors for us. And a lot of the times the doors are our own making. We're so afraid of sharing the gospel. We're so afraid of um, letting other people know that we are Christians, that we we miss the opportunities. Um, years and years ago, I um, worked when I was working in, in the hospital, I was with one of my consultants and she was going on, on holiday and I was going to holiday as well and it was raining and we were going, oh, it's just typical, isn't it? It's raining. I'm going camping. And she goes, where are you going camping? I'm going to Mallet camping. So she said, so am I. I'd been working with her for seven, eight years. I didn't know she was Christian and she didn't know I was a Christian. What sort of a testimony did I have that, you know, my, my, my work wasn't, and my, you know, my being wasn't different from anybody else? And if Christ lives with us, in us, then we need to be the salt of the earth, the light of the earth. And we need to, we need to be, you know, able to, to show that to other people, to be like that, you know, in our ways. If something happens at work or in, in, with your friends or with the neighbours, that you say, can I pray for you? That there isn't a hesitation to bring God into the conversation, but to actually um, make our life in Christ just open to anybody. Pray that I may proclaim that gospel clearly as I should. If Paul asks for that, so should we. Every day, you know, ask God to say, what is it you want us to say? How can we share your love today? How can we um, make a difference in people's lives? Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It all fits together. It all fits together with the fact that if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and we love those, you know, love our neighbours like ourselves, then we should be praying for them, talking to them, being Christ to them. It doesn't matter, you know, what they believe, what circumstances they're in. We are only asked to love, and that's what we need to do. And that love um, includes praying for people, being with them, giving them everything that they need. And so. If our life needs to be a witness to, to God, then we need to be faithful to God. And the only way we are faithful to God is if we spend time with God, and which is what Paul, through all these letters, is saying to us. Spend time with God. Spend time in prayer. Learn more about him. And, and prayer, like we, we had this morning, prayer isn't just um, talking to God. Prayer is looking at nature. And realizing God's made that and being thankful for that. Prayer is listening to music 
and hearing God's voice through music and being thankful for that and seeing God through that. There's so many different ways in which we can connect with God if only we let the Spirit of God work through us. So for me tonight, it's a challenge to say, let's, let's see whether or not we can be like Paul. We can pray and look for ways in which we can get closer to him, know more about him, and through that knowledge of him, be more like Christ for other people. Amen.